Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. We are talking about angels, and I heard this morning, just in my spirit, this psalm, and I want to read it over you, because I believe therein is going to be the answer some of you are seeking. And this is Psalm 138. It is from the Passion Translation. Get ready to be excited. I thank you, Lord, with all the passion of my heart. I worship you in the presence of angels. Heaven's mighty ones will hear my voice as I sing my loving praise to you. Did you know praise activates the angels? I bow down before your divine presence and I bring you my deepest worship as I experience your tender love and your living truth. For the promises of your word and the fame of your name have been magnified above all else. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. Did you hear that? At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. We're going to hear today about ways he does that. You strengthened me deep within my soul and you breathe fresh courage into me. I speak that upon you today. Those of you who need fresh courage, the angels are bringing it to you today in the name of Jesus. One day, all of the kings of the earth will give You thanks when they hear the living word that I have heard you speak. They too will sing of your wonderful ways, of your ineffable glory, which is great. For though you are lofty and exalted, you stoop to embrace the lowly. When did he do that? He did it when Jesus was born. In case you've forgotten, he is the reason we are celebrating right now. Yet you keep distance from those filled with pride. By your mighty power, I can walk through any devastation. And you will keep me alive and revive me. Your power set me free from the hatred of my enemies. You keep every promise you have ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you have begun in me. Amen. And indeed he will. If you have suffered loss in 2023, I want to pray for you right now. I know a lot of you have. I saw you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of those who've experienced the devastation I just read about. And you said you're near and that your comfort strengthens. And so, Father, I pray for those who have grief and sorrow in their heart, that this very moment they will feel angelic power lifting that off of them and that the joy of the Lord will become their strength and their rejoicing. I ask this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're going to talk about angels as God's messengers to us. Last month, or in October, whenever the last brunch was, we talked about angels who strengthen us, and I gave you my testimony. I won't do that again, but and I'm going to read you such a good story in a little bit. But angels, I want to remind you in Hebrews 1.14, are ministering spirits sent out for the service of God to assist the heirs of salvation. 
If you've given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he has given you and me angels to assist us and serve us. You're never alone. But unless you are conscious of their presence and unless you know how to execute their power with your voice and his word, you might not experience all that heaven affords. And so we're just going to basically look at angels in the New Testament. In February, we're going to talk about the protecting power of angels and probably May as well. And I know, as I said earlier, that's what we all want to hear about is how angels protect us. There are so many stories in the Bible of angels that protect us. It excites me, but we'll, we'll save that. So today, just angels as messengers. And what do they do? Because here's the truth. They're still his messengers. But are you listening? Wasn't there an advertisement? I forgot what it was advertising. But it was, are you listening? Are you listening? Because they are here to give you a divine message from heaven. And if I have time, I'll share with you my, recent, my most recent angelic encounter. And listen, I want to tell you something. Don't be a scoffer. Psalm 1 says, blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Because our natural minds may not always understand, don't scoff when you hear stories about angelic beings. They are very real. In fact, Hebrews 13, 2 says, do not be forgetful to entertain strangers. For some have entertained angels without being aware that you have. And I've told some of my stories. I'm going to tell another one today. We're going to look as angels, as announcers or messengers or repeaters. And the most famous stories of that are found in the Gospel of Luke. You know the story, but we're still going to talk about it. In Luke 1, 5 through 20, I'll tell you some of the story. There are two people. They were elderly, which means about they were probably in their 50s. God help me. But she was barren. Elizabeth was barren, and she couldn't have children. And this brought her much grief. Her husband, Zacharias, was a high priest. And if you've studied scripture at all, you know that when the high priest went once a year into the Holy of Holies, he had what? Ropes with bells. When he went in there, just in case he died, they would pull him out. Because see, today in the new covenant, we have the authority and the power to go boldly to the throne of grace, to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But back then, only the high priest was able to enter into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people. And if he did one thing wrong, he was struck dead. So Zacharias was the high priest and he had gone in and, you know, did his priestly duties. And everybody, in, in verse 10, it says, The throng of people were praying outside in the court at the hour of incense. And there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. Now, let me give you some really good news today. When an angel appears, they bring this news. Unless it's judgment, which God's people are not subject to because Jesus bore that for us. But they always brought a message, fear not and behold. Fear not and behold. Fear not and behold. So this angel says, don't be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you must call his name John. Now that wasn't tradition. Tradition was he was going to be named after Zechariah. 
And you will have joy and exultant delight, and many will rejoice over his birth. He will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he must drink no wine, and he will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in his mother's womb. He will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he himself will go before him in the power and spirit of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And Zacharias said to the angel, by what shall I know this for sure? For I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years. Little blue pill hasn't been invented yet. Well, he didn't say that. But you know he was thinking it. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I mean, for heaven's sake, an archangel. I stand in the very presence of God, and I have been sent to talk to you and bring you this good news. Now, behold, fear not and behold, you will be and continue to be silent and not able to speak until the things I've said take place because you have not believed what I told you. But my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. So what happens? Mary gets pregnant. John the Baptist is born. And the people say, what shall his name be? Expecting Zechariah. And Zechariah picks up a tablet and he writes, his name is John. And the minute he got into agreement with heaven, what happened? His tongue is loosed and he's able to speak. And he gave what I believe is one of the most powerful prophecies in the Bible. You can read it yourself. It's in Luke chapter 1. That we would be delivered from the hand of our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. So that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all of our days. Now, I think that's good news. If you don't, let's talk. So we have an announcer, a messenger, a repeater. Angels only say what God says. And they repeat his message with complete accuracy. And I'm going to show you today, if you and me will do what the angels do, we are going to see the power of God manifest in our lives. Luke 1, 26 through 38. You know this scripture. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl that wasn't married. She was a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. He came to her and he said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you before all other women. But when she saw him, same as Zechariah, she was greatly afraid and confused at what he said. And it kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found grace with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great. He will be called son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages, and to his reign there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband? Now, what's the difference? Zechariah asked for a sign. Mary asked for instruction. Zechariah 
wanted proof. Mary just said, show me what to do. I've never had sex with a man. You understand that's what intimacy, what she meant, right? And the angel said, he didn't say from now on because you didn't believe me like Zachariah was told. No, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One, which is born to you, will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, these are some of my favorite words in Scripture, nothing is ever impossible. And nowhere from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And you know what Mary said? She didn't say, well, I don't know how you're going to do this. Good luck with that, Gabe. She said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. You have no idea how many times I've said that. Because God has told me impossible things. All of my Christian life, I've walked with the Lord 50 years now. And my answer is always, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. And if you don't get anything else out of today, give the angels back that word. Be it unto me according to your word. But you've got to be giving him his word. She had no doubts like Zachariah had. She surrendered her body, a living sacrifice. And then what we call the Christmas story, which is full of traditions. You know, I love it when Rick unravels all the traditions. For one thing, Jesus was not born in a stable. He was not laid in a wooden creche. You know this, I hope. He was born in a cave. Now there's a whole church built over that, you know, cave, and it's elaborate and glorious. But he was born in a dark cave, and he wasn't laid in a nice wooden manger. He was laid in concrete or whatever stone the cave was made out of. I don't guess it was concrete. Can you imagine putting your newborn baby on stone? And you know that there were not three wise men, don't you? They traveled, the Magi traveled in caravans. God only knows how many there were. And they brought him hordes of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How do you think a carpenter supported three men or 12 men for three years without a job? Why do you think the soldiers cast lots so that they didn't rip apart his garment because it was costly? We need to unravel some of our traditions. Can you imagine putting, instead of a nice little stable in your front yard, a cave? Luke 2, 6. And while they were there, the time came for their delivery. She gave birth to her son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a cave, a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in that vicinity, there were shepherds living out in the field, watching over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them. The glory of the Lord flashed and shone about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be to all people. 
For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Or the Greek is a crib or a feeding lot. And then suddenly there appeared with the angel an army of the troops of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now I want to say a few things about this. That Greek word suddenly means unexpectedly and without warning. So here there are shepherds that hear of his birth, and they come to worship him, and then suddenly without warning, God is getting ready to do great suddenlies in the earth. You're going to see it. In 2024, I'm telling you, it is a year of more. We're going to see suddenlies. And suddenly, and this is what is so powerful with the angel and army. That Greek word is a multitude of enormous and immense massiveness. Now, when the devil and his demons were thrown out of heaven, a third of them were thrown out. There are still two-thirds left. So greater are those among us than on the enemy's side. So don't ever say you're outnumbered. Don't walk around saying, oh, I'm being so attacked. 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God appeared to destroy the works the devil has done. And one thing I heard Rick say, I've never forgotten it. It's been years, but I've never forgotten it. If it's not good news, it's not the gospel. The angels came to announce good news. Are you a Zechariah? Prove it. Or are you a Mary? Be it unto me according to your word. I'm your handmaiden. I'm going to be like Mary. Not a doubter, but a believer. And the troops of heaven, that Greek word describes an assembling of warring soldiers. The Amplified calls them the knighthood. Heavenly knighthood, why? You see, when you see all the displays the angels are wearing beautiful white garb and they're carrying trumpets. And I think all that looks really good, but you know what? They were soldiers. They were dressed as warriors. You know why? Because their commander-in-chief came as a human and they were there to serve him and all those who would believe in him. It changes the picture, doesn't it? They were warrior soldiers Heavenly knighthood. How do you activate this power in your life? I'm going to tell you how. Psalm 103 and verse 20. Bless, bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Now, I want to point out something very powerful to you. These angels came saying... Glory to God in the highest. They were saying, they were activating the power of God with words. They did not come singing. They came saying, what are you saying? I prayed Psalm 138 over all of you today. He will faithfully fulfill his promises. He will accomplish everything you're concerned about. But what are you saying? They hearken to the voice of his word. My favorite angel in Revelation. Now, there's lots of angels in Revelation. But you want to get a revelation of angels, read Revelation. Every church, every city 
had its own angel. San Antonio, Bernie, Kerrville, Fredericksburg. There's an angel assigned to every city. And so the angels all came with messages. Some contained blessings, some contained warnings. What happened depended on the response of the people. But my very favorite angel, which in, in Revelation, which I just couldn't wait to share with you, is in Revelation 10, 1 through 6. I saw another mighty angel coming from heaven, clothed in a cloud with a rainbow over his head. And his face was like the sun and his feet were like columns of fire. And he had a little book in his hand. And he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he shouted with a loud voice. You know what he shouted? There will no longer be delay. There will no longer be delay. Can you imagine an angel that big that had one foot on the sea and one foot on the land? And with a loud voice, he shouts, there will no longer be delay. Remember the story in Daniel 10, 2 through 13, where da Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days, seeking an answer and nothing came. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears. And he says, Daniel 10.10, Daniel, you are treasured, and the words, understand the words I'm about to tell you, for I have been sent to you. And when he spoke this word to me, I stood up trembling, and he said, do not be afraid. How many times do they have to say that? Do not be afraid. From the first day you prayed, you were heard, and I have come in response to your words. What is he saying? Don't give up. He goes on to explain that a demonic principality had opposed him. But can I tell you some good news today? You and I are principalities. We are powers. And if we will do Romans 5, 17, and just receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of his righteousness imputed to us, the Bible says we will rule and reign in this life in Christ Jesus. And we have angelic help to do it. We're surrounded by angels God has commissioned them to protect us. He's commissioned them to bring messages to us. But don't forget, they respond to the voice of his word. I'm going to read to you a story, and then I'm going to tell you a story, and then we'll close. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Kathy Walters. She's a powerful minister, and she has many angelic visitations. And some of you might have problems believing that. I don't. You know why? Because I'm a believer. And I want you to correct me if I say I just can't believe that. Believers shouldn't say anything like that. I have people say, can you believe it? And I go, yeah, I'm a believer. Believers believe. Ducks quack. Dogs bark. I'm a believer. So here's her story. This is her story. So we, it doesn't give us the right to criticize it. I think some of you are going to find something very powerful regarding your healing. Because we see in the Bible in John chapter 5 that angels also bring healing. David, my husband, and I had been hungry for God for a long time. I was so excited to learn that God had not taken away his power from the church. The gifts of the Spirit, miracles, healing, still available. The only problem then was that I was used to understanding doctrine only in my mind. I didn't know how to receive these wonderful truths in my spirit and let them work in my life. I only had head knowledge. I was convinced by the Scriptures that God was ready and willing to heal me. 
I read in Matthew 8 that Jesus healed all of their diseases. And in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. I asked the Lord to teach me how to receive healing because I was deaf in one ear. I prayed, I confessed the word, I read books on faith, but I still wasn't healed. I had asked nearly everyone I met to pray for me. I was convinced about learning to have a spirit of praise and thanksgiving. And one of the elders in our house church prayed for me one evening at a meeting. He said, Lord, work in Kathy so that she's able to praise you even if you put her in a mud hut in Africa. See, at that point, I would have rebuked him. I would have said, get behind me, Satan. Everyone, including me, laughed at the thought of me being remotely near a mud hut. I was the spoiled brat who was used to have everything I ever wanted. Roughing it was certainly not on my agenda in any way, shape, or form. Camping to me meant a nice hotel. So here I was, roughing it, and everything I dreaded was now happening. Somehow in my mind, I was trying to convince myself, because she, by the way, they'd been sent to Africa. I can't read you the whole story. I was trying to convince myself that in this remote village, God was going to transform it into a nice hotel. The place where we were brought to stay was literally a little hut with floors made of baked cow dung. We were committed to stay and minister for six weeks. I had bought new pants to wear, but I was told that was unacceptable in Kenya and that I had to wear a dress. And so I had to wear the same dress every day. And instead of being able to use a washing machine, I had to wash it in a bowl. I was remembering that I was supposed to praise the Lord all the time. And so I walked around gritting my teeth saying, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. On the inside, I was fighting to praise instead of complaining like a crazed gorilla. The people took us to other places to preach. I was determined to praise with clenched fists. Eventually, we ministered at a place outside of town, and people came from other villages. There was a long shed-like building, and the people who came to the conference slept in rows. They put David and me in a little cupboard like a room, and we had a cot and a hammock to sleep on. I was not a happy camper. I was getting mad at God for not healing my ear, and I had asked him to show me how to receive this healing, but nothing was happening. He told me to put about all the books I was reading about it. In the middle of the night, the hammock broke, and that was the end. That finished me off as far as being in Kenya was concerned. I gave up all my attempts at my praising exercises, and I started yelling at my husband. I've had enough of this. You can stay here as long as you want, but tomorrow you're going to find a way to get me back to Nairobi and to the, I will wait for you at the hotel. My husband didn't say a word. As I was speaking, I felt all the muscles in my thigh tensing and drawing up like a hand was pulling the muscles together. It hurt so bad, I started complaining big time. My husband didn't say a word. The more I complained, the more my thigh hurt. And somehow I made it till the next morning, and I had no choice but to attend David's meeting as he preached. I was in pain. I was limping. I felt sorry for myself. I looked pathetic. I'd given up all attempts of being a victorious Christian. And I sat through the meeting waiting to escape while hoping that God would produce a miraculous way for me to get back to the hotel in Nairobi. God moved in that meeting, and I tried to get him to give me some attention, but he didn't. When the meeting was over, I left and I hobbled outside alone in a field. By now, I had abandoned any more thoughts of trying to praise the Lord. I felt he was being very unfair to me. I tried and I tried to do this praising idea. I couldn't see, of course, that I hadn't been praising God at all in my heart, which is really what mattered. 
I went alone into the field and I said, look, God, this is enough. I'm tired of this place. I want to go home. And another thing, what's this with my leg? Is this some kind of demon or something? The Lord responded immediately. Now here's where your believer has to come in. No, it's not a demon. That's an angel. And he's going to stay there until you praise me. I freaked out. The presence of the Lord came on me like a cloak. Okay, I'll praise you, I said hurriedly. I started to sing and praise the Lord. And the hand lifted off of me, the pain left. Then I felt as if I was floating in the air. I felt so light. And after a little while, I said, okay, God, now can I go back to Nairobi? The hand was back. The muscles pulled up again. Lord, you are wonderful. Bless you. Thank you. You're good. You're kind. And Lord, I'll stay here as long as you want me to. The hand lifted. This scenario was repeated several times as I was learning my lesson to praise God and not complain. The angel reacted each time I complained. I thought this treatment was a bit drastic. A few days later, we returned to the original place we had been ministering. Nothing had happened regarding the hearing in my ear. I did not dare to complain about it. I was sitting outside, and then suddenly, some cramp-like pains hit my stomach. I had not complained to any more about the food, boiled green bananas, nor the sleeping arrangements or the cow dung. But I did complain about this. I went inside. I lay down the cot. God, I can't put up with this. And the hand came back. Oh, Lord, praise you. You're wonderful. If you want... I'll just lay here and I'll praise you. Don't pretend that you've never done this. I then began to sing the Lord and suddenly the power of God fell on my head and moved down my whole body like a kind of laser beam. I was lifted from the cot to my feet by the power of God. I was amazed. I didn't know what happened, but I realized that I could hear out of my deaf ear. The stomach cramps left and were gone. And on further inspection, I noticed this. I love this. A couple of the little permanent red spots on my face had left. And my hand, on my hand were totally gone as well. In fact, everything that was the least bit wrong with me was gone. Boy, I really praised the Lord then. The Holy Spirit told me that God heard me when I originally asked for that healing. But there was a big blockage in my life that prevented me from receiving from the Spirit of God. It was my spoiled, bratish, complaining spirit. The Holy Spirit is not negative. He's a spirit of faith. And my complaining and grumbling put me in a place where he was not able to operate. But I had believed God to show me how to receive the healing. And he's faithful. He did show me. He spotlighted this barrier and he dealt with it via the angel. I learned to yield to the Spirit of God and to be thankful and to believe in His goodness. Not only has Jesus made available His power, He's faithful to show us how to walk in it and receive the things He has provided. The angel stayed around for a few months until that complaining habit left me totally. It was funny to watch people's faces when they heard what I would speak, as I was still learning to praise instead of complain. I would start off with something like, Oh no, it's raining! And then I would change gears and say, Oh, praise the Lord! Thank you for the rain. The angel continued to minister to me, but now he helps me to pray and minister. The Bible says angels are ministering spirit sent forth to minister on behalf of those who inherit salvation. I'm going to tell you a story. I told part of it a few weeks ago in uh, 
the women's ministry, but I'm going to tell it in fullness now, and then we're going to close, and we'll have our prayer ministers come up and pray for anyone needing it. Several weeks ago, I was at Target, and I was coming out. I had a bag and my, my purse, and I don't know about you, but I, when I'm in a parking lot, especially this one, it's very crowded, I don't look around. I watch where I'm going, and I'm crossing where the cars have thoroughfare, and I felt literally this nudge. I look over my shoulder, and I see this I hesitate to say older woman, but I would, I would estimate she was somewhere in her 80s. And I noticed that if you've ever been to this store, you know, the baskets are red and they're bulky. And the basket was turned over. And there were probably 10 to 12 bags full of groceries in the parking lot, right where cars drive. And there was another woman kind of bending over. And I thought, oh my goodness, that basket tumped. And the bags are in the parking lot. But fortunately, there's somebody helping her. I started to continue to walk. The nudge came again. I looked back, and I knew I had to go. So I turned around. I walked over. I look at the lady that was helping her, and I said, do you need help? This lady goes, and just like this, she goes, we need all the help we can get. And it was at that point I realized that this dear woman had attempted to navigate the basket over the curb and it had fallen with her. And I said, ma'am, are you hurt? And she goes, oh, I, think, uh, I think I'm okay. She was completely traumatized. I mean, who wouldn't be? If you've ever fallen, you know how traumatic it is. And I said, well, let me help. And I... And I said, the first thing we need to do, because the lady helping her is just standing there. I said, the first thing we need to do is turn this basket over. Now, I'm just going to tell you, there's been a lot of thefts in this parking lot. And this, I'm going to tell you where. It's right at the vineyard on 1604 in Blanco. And I really don't want to put my purse down and my shopping bag. And I'm thinking, how are we going to get this red basket over? And we're trying to help this lady. And there's 10 to 12 baskets spewn everywhere. And here's the miracle. No cars are coming. I, nothing. It's like, it's like there were police officers keeping traffic. And I said, we need to get this basket over. And inside, I say, Lord, how are we going to get this basket turned over? Because it's very bulky. And all of a sudden telling you the truth. I look over and there's a man. Tell me he came out of nowhere. Very well dressed. He has on black slacks, a black vest, a white shirt. He's very well groomed. And he's standing there. And he walks over and he turns his basket over like it's nothing. Just bloop. And then the lady's very worried about her eggs. She kept saying, my eggs, my eggs. And I know she's in shock. The man walks over, picks up a bag, and he says, here's your eggs. They're all cracked. He didn't even open it. And then he shows her and he says, I'll go in and get you some more eggs. And she says, no, I don't want the eggs. And he says, well, I'll throw, them away. I'll throw them away. And I'm just telling you the truth. The man disappears. Now, you can say it's a coincidence. You can say, Sandy, 
you are way past menopause. <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. I'm telling you what happened. He's nowhere. So then the this other lady and me start putting the groceries in the cart. And again, no cars, no cars. And then the, the other lady that's helping starts to walk, but she looks at the older lady and she said, you better go get checked and leaves me alone with this lady. And I said, ma'am, I'm going to take you to your car. Show me where you're parked. Are you sure you don't need medical help? I said, I can drive you home. She said, no, no, I, I, I think I'm okay. So I roll the basket. I go to her car. She opens the trunk. She looks at me and she says, I'm so grateful to know there are still good people in this world. I put her groceries in her trunk. I said, you're sure you're okay? She goes, yes, I just want to go home. Now, I just want to tell you something. Most of you know this. You don't have to say, I'm going to pray for you. Bow your head and let's pray. You don't have to do that. I just speak a prayer. And I touch her and I say, the Lord heal and restore you in the name of Jesus. Prayer is a conversation. And she looked shocked. She said, thank you so much. So I see her in a car and she drives off. I made sure that she could drive. And I left. And it wasn't until I got in my car I went, I think something supernatural just happened. But now I know it did. You know why? They are sent to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. That's me. That's you if you've given your heart to Jesus. And you know what else? We can all entertain angels and not be aware of it. I'll show you next time. There's places in the Bible they appear just as men, just as regular people. Not as these 15-foot, huge, massive heavenly knighthood. They're sent out of the love of God. Become aware of them, especially in this season where there's chaos and people are busy and pushing and shoving and rude, you and I are messengers of hope and joy and love and laughter. A friend of mine, her 27-year-old daughter, I told the women this, passed away a few weeks ago and how very, very sad and difficult any time of year, but especially this time of year. And she said, Sandy, she woke up every morning and she said, how can I make someone's life beautiful today? And I started doing that. Will you join me? Just every day, how can I make someone's life beautiful today? So that people that are hurting, that have fallen, will look at you and say, it's good to know there are still good people in this world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you sent angels to announce good news to us. Fear not and behold, we receive glad tidings of great joy. Thank you, Jesus, for humbling yourself and stooping so low to become a human being 
who would give your life as an offering for our sin so that we could be made whole by your sacrifice. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate you. And I pray for everyone in my hearing that they will become acutely aware of these heavenly angels and that angelic experiences will mark every single day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.